What if your website business was actually underperforming and you found a way to earn more money without organic traffic? Hi, I'm Joe Krause. I am the host of the Buying Online Businesses podcast. And today I'm speaking with Craig Schoolkate, who was nurtured into the craft of copywriting by Quinn Zeta, who is the founder of a left field CRO agency called Zeta Labs. He then moved on to Empire Flippers, where he discovered his love for newsletters. And he built the Empire Flippers newsletter to 60,000 readers with a 53 average open rate and 96% of the audience read the entire email every single week. Now he writes with or writes for the growth memo and leads the growth for multiple newsletters with a total audience size of 89,000 well over 89,000 entrepreneurs and marketers and in this podcast episode we talk about how to start a newsletter and most importantly why every business should have a newsletter and not just for extra money but for far more important reasons. We always talk about how to grow that newsletter, what metrics you should be looking at tracking and how to track those metrics, what email software providers you can use to track those certain metrics and why. And we talk about how to build your brand within your newsletter, which is super, super important. Talk about relationship building, what business is, you know, overall good philosophies. We also talk about how to make your newsletter and blog and business so magnetic where people will come to you with advertising dollars and opportunities, not the other way around, which is where most people are operating from. Craig also talks about the three-legged marketing stool and why all businesses should know how this actually works and use it within their business. Now, there's so much value in this podcast episode. I'm sure you guys are absolutely going to love it, but it's not the only way that I can help you for free. If you're looking at buying a business, make sure you don't go away and try and do it all yourself. Take the guesswork out of it and get my due diligence framework. You can get that at buyingonlinebusiness.com forward slash free resources. Let's dive into the pod. Do you have a website you might want to sell either now or in the future? We have a hungry list of cashed up and trained up buyers that want to buy your content website. If you have a site making over $300 per month and want to sell it, head to buyingonlinebusinesses.co forward slash sell your business or email us at info at buyingonlinebusinesses.com because we will likely have a buyer. Details are in the description. Craig, welcome to the Buying Online Businesses podcast. We finally made it happen. We had so many tech issues, but we've we've ironed them out. Welcome to the pod. It did. We we got through it together. I was plugging in and you were getting your earphones and then I needed my earphones yeah. and it was a big palaver, but we made it in the end. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> thank you for sticking with me through that. <laughs> Good to see you. Likewise, welcome. My microphone was having a bit of a, a trouble time connecting to the computer today, but... That's the beauties of working online. We get the uh, we get the frustration sometimes of tech, but we get the lifestyle, and um, that's a beautiful thing. Do you do much travel with your work at all, Craig? Like, since you can work online, do you do much travel at all? Yeah, I used to. About three years ago, I set off traveling. It was a new thing for me because uh, I'd always had, let's say, normal jobs, and then being able to go online and then travel the world was just such an appealing thing for me. So. Uh, I first went off to Bulgaria, Varna, just a random country, because it was just during the pandemic, so I was pretty limited a work ago. And I thought, Varna would be great. I thought it's got a beach. It had, like, it just looked really nice and sunny. But this Facebook group for the nomads, you know, they have groups everywhere. It was super small. There's only about 50 people, so I didn't even meet any other nomads at the time. So I went to Lisbon, where it's more populated with nomads, and then... I ended up living there for a few years because I made some good friends and then 
yeah, I've been to quite a few countries like South America, um, Asia, and then in the States as well. So, yeah, I've been around for a good few years, but I'm chilling at home now. Yeah, <laughs> nice, nice. Is that why you wanted to get into this online space of, of, of working online? How did you, because you started off copywriting, right? How did you even get into that and, and why did you get into that? Yeah, it was actually a little bit before that. So I was just a mess with my life. I didn't have a clue what to do. You know what I mean? I tried every single job. I worked in Subway, went to university. I was working in schools as a supply teacher. I mean, I applied to be a paramedic and I was just bouncing all around because I had no idea what to do with my life. And then I asked my brother, who's an entrepreneur, he was doing selling stuff on eBay in Thailand about 20 years ago or something. So um, he was like an entrepreneur type of person. And I said, James, I don't know what to do with my life. And he just sent me a Ty Lopez course on social media marketing. And that was a big thing at the time. He's like, social media marketing agency. So I started doing that and just learning online and then bought myself a suit and started knocking on doors in local businesses, driving around like all day just trying to sell social media marketing, following all the stuff in the course, how to sell, how to pitch clients and how to actually run the social media. So I've done that for a year, ended up with minus 1000 pounds in the bank, which, <laughs> which is a nice success. But you know, I built up a little portfolio of um, creatives for ads and stuff like that. And then I thought I, I want to keep in the online games i think there's something there and i've always loved writing but i just i never thought i could do anything writing you know and never thought i could make a living from it i thought you had to be a super successful author i didn't know what copywriting was and um, but then i saw on dynamite jobs that the junior copywriter position came up and i thought what is copyright so i started looking at it and i thought oh this sounds really cool like you can make it a living writing so i applied for that i put out everything into that application, just nonstop all day and night researching and everything preparing. And then that's, and fortunately I got that job and that was with Quinn Zeta from Zeta Labs. You've probably met her from the DC and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, super fun. Um, got on board. She said, Oh, do you want to come to Austin and Mexico city with us next month? I was like, what? This is the first time I'd like I'd never been to the States or anything like that. So oh, this is crazy. This is a dream. So they took me there, went to a conference, and met all these cool online business people, digital nomads, and just entered into a whole new world um, of what's possible with, with life, you know, and these people just wearing hoodies and normal T-shirts and super informal, but they're really successful in their life. So that's how it all started, really, to not go too much into my life story. Yeah, no, that's cool. That's really, really cool. It's... It's interesting that not many people know the value of copywriting either. Like I think people, some people can even know what it is, but they don't know how valuable it can be for their business if you do copywriting really well. And yeah, it's, it's, cool, to, it's cool to hear a bit about your journey. We, we typically don't go into people's heroes' journey stories and how they got started in the online space, but it's interesting. Everybody's got a very different story. Um, and like you say, there's, you know, I live in Bali. And uh, we chat to, you know, like I make a, all, nice. all of my friends here now in Bali, they, they all make good money online. And 
none of us usually wear shirts, yeah. right? I'll come to a podcast and I'll put a shirt on, a t-shirt on. Like we just rock around in board shorts most yeah. of the time. It's too hot where people are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's too hot. And yeah. it, it's funny because no, you never meet anyone who's, oh, I've done a digital marketing course at university or anything like that. There's no sort of traditional route on this path. We've all just bumbled our way around and ended up together and it's really cool. I've also found that people that do study marketing in, uh, you know, say a, a university is by the time that, you know, especially digital stuff, by the time that they finish their education or a year later, it's all changed. <laughs> and it's like, it's a pointless, can be a pointless education. But I want to chat about newsletters. So you've had a great, you've had great success with newsletters. Why, why should people that already own an online business attach a newsletter to their blog, right? To their content website or to any business? Like why, why newsletters? Why are they so powerful? Why are they so valuable? Yeah, it's a great question. So the speaking to your audience, I know you've got a lot of people who acquire businesses, acquire blogs, and you go through a transition from having a side hustle, something that's making you income part-time. So you own an online business to make that income, which is a great step. Uh, I want to congratulate everyone who does that. I think it's really courageous and you're stepping into a new world. The next step is to become an online business owner because with that blog or whatever online business you have, you've got an audience of people who are supporting your business and they're relying on you to improve their lives. So when you step up into that online position, online business owner um, position, you've got a responsibility to look after your audience and make sure that you give them as much value as often as possible to keep them supporting your business, keep them from going elsewhere. And, you know, because yeah, you need that to keep profitable and then if you want to scale as well. So I'd say your email list is probably your most important business asset. Like I think if you you don't have an email list, I would say that you don't have a business because there's only so far how long you can take it, you know. Eventually you're going to need something, uh, an audience there consistently with you to have somewhat, some people you can sell your products to or drive traffic to your site, you know? So that's the next step. Um, so just to give an example of how important lists are in business, I don't know if you've heard of Gene Schwartz, um, Jared. Yeah. So if you don't know who Gene Schwartz is, he is the absolute king uh, of marketing and in business, you know, his Classic book, Breakthrough Advertising, sells for at least $125. If you get an original, it's at least 2000 People pay that because it's so valuable and timeless. Um, if you want to compare it to, for example, if you thought like Jeff Bezos was the, the father of um, retail, like business, then this Gene Schwartz is like the Sam Walton, you know? He's, he's the father of you. You thought the father was of business, you know, or Beyonce in music, or you think, you think Beyonce is a queen, Aretha Franklin is Gene Schwartz, you know, so the queen of the queen. And 
my point about him is when he was working at Boardroom Inc., he was paid zero dollars for the work he did as a marketer. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. And you know the reason why he didn't get paid at all? So you get experience? No, good answer. But it's in fact that he was working with lists of millions and millions of people. So, and he had his own small business in the health niche. And instead of being paid dollars, he was paid lists. So he would get 750,000 names from the list of Boardroom Inc., the company that he worked for. Because he knew that if he had that list for his business, he could earn more from that than any amount of money that Boardroom could pay him. Boardroom's like a financial publisher. They also publish um, newsletters and publications in the health nations, things like that. Huge, huge company, hundreds of millions of dollars worth. So he got paid in lists because he knew he could earn more from that than he could from dollars. So that's an importance of the list. Now, how newsletters pay into that, when you have a list, it's your relationship, you're having a relationship with humans, right? All business is about relationships. And it's easy to forget that when you see just data points and numbers. But if you can really, really grasp that you're a human speaking to a human in everything you do, every customer servicing, every time you deliver a service, and every time you send an email or a social media post, if you can realize that you're speaking to a human, that will really make a huge difference. That will help you become a business owner. Now, what type of relationship do you have with your list at the moment? There's two main types. The first one is the drunken ex. So the drunken ex only calls upon the people in their list when they need something, when they're sending offers or doing a promo or they want to do a launch. But all the rest of the time, they just don't do anything with the list. They just wait. Okay, we've got a promo going. I'm going to send it to my list. The second type of relationship is the supportive partner. And that's someone who's always there for them. They always remember their birthday. They're always giving value consistently. And yeah, they're, they're someone that you want to spend your life with. Now, if you're in the list, who would you want to, to be with? Would you want to be with person one or person two? Exactly. You don't want to be, you don't want to treat, you don't want to treat your audience like, you know, they're just there for you and your business. Um, you want to help each other grow, really. That's exactly right. Yeah. It's a two way uh, participation. There's no, I know it's funny. We have a thing in business to talk about competition and it's all about, there's no competition. It's all collaboration. We all live together as one, you know, and that goes. Because mm -hmm. if you have that competitive mindset, then you're going to think, well, what can I take? What can I keep? What can I keep on taking? Whereas if you work in collaboration, there's abundance for everyone, then you start to think about what can I give? A newsletter is it just the best way to consistently give to your audience to really strengthen that relationship. And you see it everywhere now. You go to every website, what's the first CTA you see on the front page? Are you asking me? Are you asking me questions, or are you asking the audience questions? Or? Yeah, I'm, 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 com I'm, conf I'm confusing you with rhetorical questions, just to make things. So, 
I'm saying, yeah, so it's a newsletter sign up is basically is what you see on like 90% of websites now. And that's because, you know, people are starting to really see the value of lists, you know. Where I see this, where I see this like not being the the best opt-in to just join a newsletter is nobody really, like when I think about it, nobody really cares about being on a newsletter. Like they don't want it. Like I just want to get emails from people and be on a newsletter. Um, we need to actually share why they should be on our email list. And typically the first thing that I like to do is to not just tell people to just join the email, join the email list just to join the email list uh, is more so about give them something for free straight away and use an yeah. opt-in that leads them into an email list and give them the option. Like what we like to do is like when people join, we set a bit of an expectation of like, here's what you're going to get because you're on the list now on the newsletter um, and if you don't like it, hit that subscribe button because we don't want you here if you don't want to be here either. And it's a win. It's because they go away and they get their free value and then they go off and do what they need to do and they don't need to sit on the email list and cause the email list damage by getting a whole bunch of emails to the inbox and not opening them, which decreases deliverability to that email list. And you'd also, talking about relationships, you don't want to build a relationship. You don't want to keep texting somebody that doesn't reply to you or doesn't open your texts and just annoying them, right? It just You're just creating a bit of friction there. So get them away from, from that and, you know, it's a win-win for everyone versus just jump on the newsletter, be just, just be on the newsletter so we can, like, send you emails all the time. I think where people do do it right is, like, if you – if you ask them to join the newsletter because they're going to get these one or two things when they do get it. So there is a position of value. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, absolutely agree. hundred percent. And I would say to people, don't invite people to join your newsletter because newsletters now uh, become their own entity. Mm -hmm. So you see like morning brew, that's like a business based on, it's like a publication. Think of it as like, think of it as a publication or, and it's a blog, right? That's going direct to your um, the people in your list, you know? Think of it as its own business. You don't have to monetize, you don't have to build it as a business, but think of it in that way. Mm. And so offer some value up front, exactly like you said, some sort of lead magnet or something like really, really super packed with value, like feel like you're giving away too much, you know? It's the Alex Hormozy thing, you know? Um, so give that away and then the newsletter is you don't even have to mention it it just comes to start delivering value and then give people that option to unsubscribe if they need to yeah so what's maybe the two best ways or one to three really awesome ways to grow the email list or grow your newsletter okay so Grow as in if you already have a newsletter or like starting from scratch or? Yeah. Well, let's talk about start. Let's talk about a starting from scratch. Obviously okay. I would, I would say it's probably, you know, give something of value and then you can get email subscribers. Um, yeah. Yeah. What, you know, what would you be suggesting? Um, yeah. So if you have people on your list already, then there's a few different types of, newsletters you can do so the first main one is like i call it a quickie newsletter so if you have a blog then 
you can curate your content that you're doing and repurpose it into a newsletter that you send every week. So um, if you already have your list, then it's like send them an, e- an email introducing like this news, this new newsletter you're going to do. You're going to say, hey, I'm going to, I want to share all the best content, but it's going to be unique. It's not just going to be a list of all the stuff that's on my blog or on my YouTube or anything like that. It's going to be, um, it's going to have extra value in it. So if you get people to opt into that, then you can just recreate your content into an email. Um, I'd suggest, for example, if you're resharing a recent article of YouTube video you've done, give all the value in the newsletter, you know, because then it becomes unique. And then so they don't have to click through. It's um, it's a idea by Spock. Toro, I think Ryan Fishkin came up with it. It's the no-click content. Mm-hmm. Um, give all the value away in the content so you don't make them click. Um, so you can do that, and anyone could start that pretty easily. Just create some content repurposing SOP, flexible email template, and like set up some segmentations for your list. And then you can hire like a, a, an email writer or content writer to, to repurpose that for you shouldn't be too expensive, too hard. Um, so that's one way to just get started with sending value to your audience. Um, if you have like an online community, um, you could create a newsletter whereby you say, hey, we've got like all the top talking points within the community for the week. So you can see all the best conversations and flick through and see um, which ones like that's most interesting to you. And you can add some extra value into that, like um, what sort of things your community is talking about, and then give some value content related to that as well. Um, or you can like really build a, a newsletter business, like a, an actual media empire. Um, did this for Empire Flippers. We built a newsletter called This Week in M&A, and it was, we were like, um, have our unique point of view of what's going on in the industry would share our industry data from our marketplace and we would find content from around the web that's like relevant um to what was going on in the market and, and our audience's lives so we would like build out a chunky thing a big 1500 2000 words sometimes and people really valued that so for, i'd say like the first step is just decide what type of newsletter you have the capacity to do, you know, because not everyone has the capacity to build a uh, newsletter entity. Decide what you want it to be, whether you want it to actually be a profitable business where you can monetize it through sponsorships and subscribers, or whether you just want to like nurture that relationship with your audience, which um, you're probably best off with one of the first two, a quickie or a community hub newsletter. And so the best way is like, set out a plan for curating content. If you want to do something totally unique, if you're an expert in your space and you want to talk about what's going on in the industry or just share your expertise, decide what's going to be your super unique point of view that your audience can't find anywhere else and then design your newsletter around that and then test it with your list. Put it, put it out to a small portion, see how people respond get some feedback, put a form in, uh, NPS form in there, see, get people's feedback, and then send it out to the wider list. So that's like a top-level view. You can We can dive into deeper into some of that if, you, if you'd like to, but uh, hopefully that answers your questions, gives people an idea of how to get started. Yeah, I love it. I, I definitely want to dive into a few of those different 
different versions. So let's just split them into two, right? You've got, you can just harness and build relationships with a free newsletter within your business, but you can also treat it like a separate entity. And then you can have a newsletter be its own business in and of itself, which I don't know if people know too much about on this podcast and I want to dive into that because treating it as a separate entity but also monetizing that email list is is something that I think a lot of bloggers don't really realize they can do. So how how do how do they go about like like you said you could create content that is zero click and you give all the value in the email or the emails and that could be a newsletter, that could be a paid newsletter. It could be you know, $5 to $15 or more a month to be on that newsletter and then getting so much value from it. There's other ways as well that you can monetize it. But I'd like to ask you, like, what, what are some of the ways that people can monetize their email list other than what I just mentioned? Yeah, it's a great question. So I'd say, first of all, get your newsletter like nailed down. Mm-hmm. Find the best way to get the most unique best content you can put in the in the, in the email you know because it's quite competitive out there there's a lot of i mean i say competitive there's a lot of newsletters um uh, landing in people's e- inboxes and like i don't know about you but i'm signed up for like over 100 newsletters right now so <laughs> i am not it's going to be <laughs> Right. Okay. Maybe I'm just a new. No, but now. you're in the space. Um, it's you know you're you're getting ideas. Yeah. Using it as inspiration for me, I don't need. I, I'm not in the space that I want to learn more about that sort of stuff at the more at anymore. I'm a different kind right. of fish. I'm not. I don't want to be classed as a normal human being because um, I'm not normal. I'm very different, and I when, when I want to consume content, I'll go to the source and then decide when mm. I want it, not for it to be fed to me. Uh, at times that I'm not ready for it. <laughs> Got it. Yeah, that's a great point. I'm sure a lot of people think the same way. So, yeah, yeah, just f- figure out what it is that's totally unique to you. What's your experience? What's in your personality? What's unique to your brand that people can't find anywhere else? And that's really key because, um, like, to build it into a really profitable business. You're not going to get away with it doing five ways to improve your SEO or think generic stuff like that. I mean, it's it's the same with everywhere, really. So build out solid processes for curating content or writing content. If you can hire a great writer, that'd be fantastic. Um, they can really take it and run with it. So just get your newsletter tied down for like three, four months or something of maybe testing different stuff, getting the layout and the format done before you start to think about sponsorships or paid or anything like that. And it is a bit of a long-term game. It's Think about it the same way as if you're building a site from scratch, you know, and you're finding your keywords and you're really carving out your niche. You're putting out the content and then, but it's going to compound over time and then eventually you're going to see the returns, you know. So once you've got a solid news, getting at least over 50% open rate and um, getting lows, low amounts of subscribes, unsubscribes, sorry, you want like less than 1% unsubscribes and you've got some metrics that shows that, right, this newsletter is healthy, then you can start to introduce sponsors and 
paid subscriptions. Um, the main one is sponsorships. That's probably where you're going to have the most opportunity to uh, earn more, the most from newsletter. Like when I do one for Empire Flippers, it's an online business brokerage. I'm sure your audience is aware yeah, of that. Yeah, everybody knows. Everybody listening knows who Empire Flippers are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So when I was working there, we had our newsletter. Like we didn't want to monetize it at all. It wasn't part of the plan. Yet, because we put so much work into the newsletter, we had companies coming to us offering to pay us to go on our newsletter. You know, they're saying, "Look, we'll sponsor you. We want to get in, in here." So, but we we said no. We didn't we didn't want to do it for that reason. We were just nurturing our audience. You know, and so that's the power of like creating great content. And that's it comes down to it. That's all what it always comes back to, isn't it, Jared? Like creating like the best value and the best content and these opportunities will come to you but you can certainly set up for the opportunity as well by knowing your list inside and out so knowing like what offers are going to resonate with them because the key to sponsorships is having the right offer for the right audience you know Um, and you've got to be able to test that to small portions of your list and see what people interact with and make sure you get those offers in. Because if you get poor offers, and I've seen this happen, if you get poor offers to the wrong list, you get low click rates, and it just, you end up with like putting a bad taste in the mouth of your readers, you know, sharing stuff that they're not interested in. So that's super important. And yeah, another one is subscriptions as well. For You can have goodwill subscriptions if you've got like a small list, start there. Um, but if you want to have like gated content, exclusive uh, content that only paid subscribers can get access to, then that's another way, a great way to monetize. There's a great newsletter called Hooks Newsletter, H-O-U-C-K, apostrophe S. Um, they do paid subscription. He scaled to like one, 1 million in like 18 months or something like that. Um, so yeah, I don't know if I'm rambling or not, Jared. Just please. Tell no, that's me great. I want to. I want to. I want to jump in and uh, add something to what you said. Of like, you want to build. You know, you don't want to. You want to build it up to get to a point that you have minimal subscribers, uh, unsubscribers. Sorry, and uh, a really good open rate. And yeah, like you said, you're testing. You know, you're testing email subject lines, you're testing the content, seeing what's landing, seeing what people are replying to, see what the open rates are, see what the click-through rates to, you know, whatever it is, if you are putting extra content, you know, I know you say zero click content, but, you know, if you are putting clicks to something, then um, seeing what the click-through rate is as well. And you mentioned that it's kind of like what you're doing is when you build it up so much and to be so valuable, people will come to you with money and say, Hey, I want to, I want to create this opportunity. I want to pay you money to do this. I haven't talked about this too much, actually. Um, typically I share some of this, some of these philosophies with my one-on-one coaching clients, but what you're doing here is you're, you're doing the opposite of what most people are doing is mo- most people are building their business. And this is what I think most people do with affiliate websites is, um, they start an affiliate website and or start a website and they realize that the quickest way to earn income is by putting affiliates on it. Um, and they're going for the money and they're chasing the money. 
um, really, really fast and they're just putting out as much as they can to try and get the money um, as fast as they can versus going the other way around, which is building something that's so damn awesome that you that asset becomes magnetic to that to you attracting what you actually want and thinking about it in a long-term game. Another way to explain it is that if your goal is money you, and if, you were, if your goal is money and let's just say uh, money is a butterfly, right? So your goal is to ca- catch butterflies. So you can go away and you can catch butterflies. You can get a, a butterfly net, go out and try and catch all these butterflies and, and grab all this money. Or what you can do is you can build a beautiful garden with all the trees, the flora and the fauna where the birds and the bees and the butterflies come to you. Uh, and I, I grabbed that from a guy named Roger Hamilton in a, in a book called Your Life, Your Legacy, one of my favorite books. And uh, that's what a good business owner does. And that's what a great business does really well in itself is it builds out something that's so damn valuable that it just because it's so valuable in the environment, it just becomes so magnetic to people wanting to subscribe to that email list and then also people wanting to be a part of that email list and throw money at you so they can either sponsor it or run a campaign or be in the email list or whatever it is. I would also add, you know, if there are, if you do have a, say for example, with surfing, say you've got a really good surfing newsletter teaching people how to surf, you could, yeah, get sponsors from different apps, you know, surf forecasting apps, you could get as a newsletter or they could sponsor the sponsor the newsletter by being in the newsletter. Um, or you could run affiliate campaigns to buy surfboards for a you know certain percentage off and you could be an affiliate as well. So I'd say affiliates can work too. And then also what I think is really cool with the newsletter is because you own it, you can do some really, really cool things like asking uh, the audience what are their biggest fears, frustrations, wants, needs, and desires, right? Working out what they are and then coming up with like, if I was to create a product out of these three products, which one would you, you know, which one would be best for you? And then how much do you think that would be worth in terms of value, monetary value? And then what you're actually doing is you're asking your direct audience that you own what they want and how much they're willing to pay for it. And you can create your own product and that could be a digital product. It could be a physical product. And uh, that's, that's a bit of an add on thing because if it's a physical product, there's a bit more work that goes into it. But what you're doing is you're building something that's so valuable and you're not going away and doing what most people do that start a business is they try and find a product and have a million dollar idea and then try and find the market for that. Instead, you're asking the market what they want and all you need to do is create it for them and give it to them and they're going to buy it. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's stuff we used to do at Empire Flip as well. Just ask the audience. And like you say, I really, I love the butterfly analogy and I see that you do that a lot with your content. So I can see that's why your audience like respects you so much. Um, but like, yeah. Um, so it's like, Giving the value up front is just like the rule for business, you know. All of the top marketers who've ever lived, you know, like a minimum requisite for the work they do is that the offer has to be so good, you'd be stupid to say no. 
Imagine that you've got these genius marketers who know human behavior, they know copywriting formulas, they know how to convince people, yet they still say no. The offer needs to be so good so they can't say no. You know, so that's an absolute minimum. And yeah, the opportunities do come and you'll get to a point where you're able to pr promote offers to your audience and they'll take it on because they just trust and respect you so much. I mean, we didn't monetize the newsletter, but it still made um, $307,200 revenue in like 18 months or something, which I mean, it's not fantastic amounts, but when you consider that we weren't even promoting affiliate offers or anything, but we would like, we've done one promotion. We just offered uh, an in investment opportunity with Web Street, with this, which is the sister company, uh, was the sister company of Empire Flippers. Now we just put a, a small mention, like, look, it's they've got, we're open for investment now for the next round and made 100K in one email, like 151 words, you know? And that, that was just, and that came because of all the value they'd been given for the previous like 60, 70 issues of the newsletter. So the opportunities come. Yeah. So that's like a year and a half worth of emails <laughs> if you're doing like one a week almost. And it's playing the long-term game. And I think I really, that's why I wanted to get you on to talk about how valuable newsletters are because people that own a blog or a content site that don't build out their email list and build a relationship with people are very, very worried about Google and its updates and losing traffic. When you lose a little bit of traffic, I, I give this example of another guy, he's from Australia and he has started a bunch of content sites and he's also bought some. And when he had owned a website that was, uh, I think it was called inothepilot.com and it was another tra travel website as well. And when COVID happened, he lost a lot of traffic because nobody was searching how to travel and nobody was booking flights. And so where he lost out traffic and revenue, because he lost traffic, he lost that amount of revenue, that revenue he gained back by building an email list and offering value through the email list, like building out his email list. He already had an email list, but he sort of just tapped into it a little bit more. Um, so when those opportunities, one opportunity can be gone, like traffic, because you don't own the traffic and control it. But if you own the email list, there's, it's a really good hedge against the external environment in business. And I wanted to ask you, what is, you know, what are maybe two or three things that you've seen the most successful newsletters do, do really well? Um, yeah. So this goes back to, I talk a lot about marketing, but it's really business. So there's a concept called the three-legged marketing stool. I don't know if you've heard of it. Three-legged so, what? Sorry? Three marketing stool. Uh, you know, the stool yeah. that you sit on. Yeah. Three-legged stool. Three legs that you need um, for to support successful marketing. But I'll go as far as, say, probably business. The first one is your list, which is what we've talked about, the email list. Mm. That accounts, that's like 40% of what you need. The next one is your offer. That's like the second 40%. And the next one is the, I'm saying it's usually um, the copywriting, the marketing, but for email newsletters, I'm going to say feedback. So I've tailored this to the to newsletters. And the list is um, you need the, the right audience for what you've got to offer in your blog. So 
make sure you're getting email subscribers that are related to the content that you're going to be sharing and keep it really specific, like not just demographical, focus on behavioral um, tracking of how people have interacted with your business, like, and then identify people that way, not like, oh, well, I've got uh, 500 people who live in the north of the United States between 29 and 39. Focus more on how they interact with your website if you've got the tracking set up and make your offers um, specific, make your newsletter specific uh, to those people. Um, Your offer is like, Make sure that your content is completely unique, like I, I mentioned before, and um, something that people can't get anywhere else that they're just desperate to, what they're waiting for it to come in their inbox because it's so helpful to them or it's so entertaining. So that's a big thing as well, just being entertaining. People, people value that a lot. Um, and if you're doing offers, make sure the only offers that your, your subscribers are going to like engage with um, coming back to the list as well, make sure that it's curated as well. Try to do double opt-in um, so you get people's real buy-in so they, they know what to expect from the newsletter. Um, try and have them opt-in through a landing page or an email that explains what they're going to get from the newsletter each week. And then keep your list clean as well. Clean it out every 30 days or so for the ones who aren't interaction to keep your deliverability score up so you don't end up in the promotions or worse spam tabs, you know. Um, and then so manage, keep on top of your list management. That's like number one. And the next thing is the offer, yeah, the content you've got, um, value packed in your newsletters. And then the third one, which is a lot of people overlook this one, but it's, it's really key because it informs the first two and that's getting feedback. So you might have seen on newsletters like The Hustle that at the bottom they have little emojis and a little score that you can give. They might have taken it out now, but they did have it for a lot of years. And you can give a score of like, it's called an NPS score, Net Promoter Score. And people can rate your newsletter and then have them link to click to a form. And you can use Typeform for this. Have them fill out, answer some questions about how they feel about the newsletter, what content they want to see. Um, and get regular feedback to monthly surveys to your list um, asking about, again, what content they want to see, what, what they care about right now. Um, if you can interview readers, that would be gold. Um, you learn so much, not just about for your newsletter, but for your business in general. Um, you can offer like an Amazon gift card or something if people come in an interview with you, talk with them 15, 20 minutes, you know, get some insights from them. Or you can ask your community if you've got a community or your social uh, your social followers. Do like polls and ask questions to your audience. So, yeah, to wrap that up, the three most important things that you need is a solid list, solid list management, um, a great offer with your content and the offers that you promote in your content, and some system for getting feedback. And with all of those working in tandem together, you should have, um, it should fuel your newsletter growth. That's awesome. That's awesome, Craig. I love that. Where I use Active Campaign, I love Active Campaign um, for my email software provider. Uh, I'll put a link to that in the show notes, guys. They're really good. I, I recommend people use them. Um, who do you who who do you find are quite a good email software provider? 
Yeah, actually, for my main client now, we use Active Campaign. It's really good because the analytics are solid, and you can see who's clicked on which pieces of content and stuff like that, which is super insightful because then you know which content resonates. Um, it's simple, free. You have a neat feature. Here's a sneak little hack for open rates. So most people think that the main thing to get open rates up is subject lines. But there's something even more powerful than subject lines that'll get you opens, and that's send time. So Active Campaign has a feature called predictive sending, and it learns the behavior of your audience and to discover when they're most active in their inbox. So it'll send emails based on when they land in the inbox. And I've had this work on me. I've literally opened my inbox and then boom, an email comes in from uh, Ian Stanley, who's a great email marketer to learn from if you want to get more into this. And that is powerful stuff because it's always at the top of your inbox. It's not like two, three, or four, or five. So Active Campaign has that feature. And it's really great if you're already using that ESP for your promotions and stuff like that. You can keep it all in one place. What do you call that again? If you really or wanted... What do you call that? Predictive, predictive sending. Predictive it's sending, called yeah. on... Yeah, that's what's called an active campaign, the feature. Mm-hmm. I think the term overall is uh, send time optimization. Mm-hmm. You can look into that if you're interested. Yeah, cool. And so, yeah, you can use these type of ESPs in general to keep all your stuff together if you've got offers like... Uh, or you can use a newsletter platform. So a really good one is Beehive that we also use. That's designed for newsletters. So it's not just a place where you can design templates, which are really good, track all your analytics and everything like that, but also has features called, and one's called Boost. And the way I like to remember that is if you imagine a Beehive and then you put an injection in it and like it boosts up uh, the activity in there, and how that works is uh, it's like a share-for-share share program where you have other newsletters on Beehive sharing your newsletter with their audiences, and you can share their newsletters with your audiences. That is the number one way to grow a newsletter because it's free. It's highly targeted because you can select newsletters with audiences that are very similar to yours. And it's like easy for people to do, so people will happily do it. All you need to do is click a button and then you feature in your newsletter. So that's the number one way to grow. So Beehive for platform. Um, another newsletter platform is Substack. Particularly good for individual creators. I think yours would be good if you were going to do a personal newsletter um, coming straight from you um, because it's nice and easy. Uh, there's nice templates. There's The tracking is not so good. That's where it's weak. But every email that you put is created as a post on on a Substack page. So you have essentially like a blog that people can go to as well. So that's really handy. And Passion Fruit with F-R-O-O-T. Um, so Passion Fruit is another one that's good for individual creators. Really nice templates. Uh, I'm not too, too familiar with how good the tracking is. They tend not to be so good in these types of platforms. But again, you get your own sort of blog on there. Um, another one is if you're quite a big business, you might want to go for like ConvertKit or HubSpot because they have like um, much more granular tracking and they have you can learn more about your audience, do better list segmentation, they have the best land templates and you can do split testing. 
like really good split testing 50 50 whereas in beehive the split testing isn't so good you can only do to 10 percent of your list um you know but, split testing with active campaign actually as well yes of course yes quite right yeah, yeah. You, split testing is really good and i do recommend convert kit to uh, others as well um mm. for you know if they don't like if they don't like active campaign then convert kit is normally one that i'd recommend as well <laughs> yeah exactly yeah yeah so yeah. yeah those are the main ones that you can use for building newsletter awesome awesome Craig, this has been such a fun chat. Thank you for coming on. Where can we send people to check out more about you and what you're up to? Yeah, it's been so good. Thank you for having me on. I could have talked for another hour. This has flown by. I thought we were only halfway yeah. through. But <laughs> um, yeah, so I mean, you know, I keep a low profile. I'm only an email. I'm a bit of an email hermit. So uh, I haven't really got like a website. I'm not, to be honest with you, Jared, I just can't be bothered to like build a website and show my stuff you know what I mean? i'm pretty lazy <laughs> about that so what i've done instead is i've created like a presentation that accompanies and um, this talk today it's got some extra things that we didn't manage to cover today and it's got everything you need like all of the tools that were talked about all of the strategies all the important stuff and i just wanted to give that for your audience just for funsies you know so okay i yeah. guess we can share a link to that in the the show notes and um, what's so, what's that one is that um the google doc one or is it the other one that you it's a, it's a presentation yeah I'll, I'll send you the link by email now unless do you have a chat box in this thing chat yeah yeah, yeah i do i do um, i'll send you a link to that all right awesome guys i'll put that to i'll put that in the show notes for you guys to check out that presentation again craig it's been so fun to chat and um let's yeah let's keep the conversation alive and our relationship alive and yeah really appreciate it and i'll speak to you soon Excellent, man. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. See ya. Hey, YouTube watcher. If you thought that video is good, you should check out this video here on the two best types of websites beginners should buy. Or check out my playlist on how I made my first 100K from buying websites and how to do due diligence. Check it out. It's an awesome playlist. You'll enjoy it.